Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Global Careers Calls podcast from the University of London Career Service. Listen in to stimulating career conversations between a member of our team and professionals working in a range of sectors based across the globe. This season's focus is corporate careers, so let's listen in to our Global Careers Call. Daniel Kazim calls Mozen Siddiqui, who is in Pakistan. Mozen, a University of London international alumni, shares how a background rooted in finance and economics helped him to co-found Genmo, Pakistan's leading finance education startup seeking to transform the financial literacy of future generations, alongside his wife and business partner. Mozen reflects on valuable learning from his time in industry as an investment manager and how this has shaped his approach to being an entrepreneur. We hope you enjoy this call with Mozen. Mohsen, it's wonderful to be with you on a global careers call today. Can you just tell our audience where you're dialing in from? Hey, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure and honor to be here. Uh, well, I'm Mohsen Tadiki, calling in from Karachi, Pakistan, uh, currently leading an early stage uh, fin edtech startup uh, by the name of Genmo, uh, as one of the co-founders and CEO. Uh, at Genmo, we're essentially building a financial literacy-focused uh, neobank for teenagers uh, in emerging markets, combining digital financial services and financial education to empower millions of unbanked teens with knowledge and tools to make self-beneficial financial decisions. I completed my bachelor's in accounting and finance from the London School of Economics and Political Science through the University of London's international program back in 2012. Uh, more recently, I've also joined as an alumni ambassador uh, for the university representing uh, my country, Pakistan. Uh, I'm really excited to be here today to talk about my professional journey and share it with all the listeners of this amazing podcast. Wow, what an intro. Thank you, Mohsin. And it looks like um, quite a background you've got going on there, a green screen. And maybe behind that is your front room somewhere in Pakistan. And it's evening where you are as uh, well, right? Yeah, so it's later in the afternoon. It's about 3 p.m. Okay. here. Yeah, so, you know. Nice mid-afternoon chat with Mohsin. Yeah. Excellent. So, Mohsin, uh, as we settle into this careers call, and you've obviously introduced yourself, I want to begin with a bit of a bang. Mm-hmm. What is on your mind at work right now? Well, I think the more fitting question would be what's not been on my mind this week. <laughs> I mean, uh, because when you're in, in the early stages of building a company, uh, right, you, you're wearing multiple hats and learning mm-hmm. so many things along the way. Uh, but if I were to, you know, pick up one thing, it would certainly be the financial education content uh, that we are embedding within the Genmo platform. Uh, our mobile app is targeted towards uh, Gen Z teenagers, uh, which is why mm-hmm. we have focused to ensure that the content is bite-sized, engaging, and incentivized to ascertain that we impart financial education in a way which doesn't come across as, you know, a classroom lecture kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, for the end consumer. So, so yeah, that's that's one thing which has been on my mind all week. Yeah. That is quite a lot to be thinking about for sure. Uh, let's take it a step back a bit. So, I want to let you know that this podcast will be listened to largely by one of three types of people: those just starting out in their career, those looking to upskill and take that next step, or those looking to change their career entirely. I understand you did a degree at the LSE, as you said at the start. So what career stage would you say you were at when you did your University of London degree and how did it help you with what 
you're doing right now. Sure. So I actually did my bachelor's degree from University of London uh, back in 2012. And honestly, when mm. I started out that degree, I uh, I was actually a career explorer. Uh, you know, mm. like a new 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 terminology there because uh, and and my academic journey with the University of London was actually life changing because it made me realize what I actually wanted to do in with my life. Uh, when I was younger, and it, it might be an interesting story for for listeners out there. Uh, when I was younger, uh, for as long as I can remember, I actually wanted to become a dentist. Right mm. up until my A levels, I had never studied any finance, economics, or business related subjects. However, due to some reasons, I was unable to pursue it. Uh, and when I started my degree with the University of London, uh, it was with development and economics as the major, uh, during which I actually fell in love with economics. Uh, but due to the flexible nature of the program, I was later able to change the major to accounting and finance, which ultimately led me to develop a career as an investment manager. Uh, but but life-changing uh, in that respect, yeah. Wow. And our listeners are going to be really intrigued by your background there. Uh, as you say, you're a bit of a career explorer, but you later established yourself in finance. Yep. And you were a portfolio manager for a, for a number of years at different companies. Yep. And you're now changing the world one step at a time through your startup mission yep. as a fintech entrepreneur. So can I ask you, what was it that originally motivated you to move into the world of finance and how does this connect with your values so uh, you know moving initially into the world of finance uh, came more or less uh, naturally after I completed my degree in accounting and finance but within finance I mean finance is such a spread out uh, domain altogether right you have mm. uh, you know straight up accounting you have auditing you have you know uh, investments and in a country like Pakistan where you know investment uh, as as uh, as an activity is is so uh, less taken up overall. I mean, only 0.13 percent of Pakistan's population actually invests in the local market, which is the local stock market. Uh, you know, it uh, when I actually started out and I uh, was looking at different career options, it really intrigued me. And I thought, you know, uh, although I did not have any clue about you know working in the stock markets and all of those things, but it it. That is one of the things that really intrigued me to sort of explore it. And once I got to do it, it just made a lot more sense. And, you know, uh, it, it came along like that. And now with, with the whole, uh, you know, the, the, the fintech startup uh, that, mm. that we're building out here in Pakistan. So so building Genmo actually comes from place of absolute passion and belief, right? Mm -hmm. and, and one of the reasons uh, has been my own journey as an investment manager, working with uh, diverse individuals and advising them on how they can make best use of their money. Mm. Uh, one of the underlying learnings for me out of that whole experience was because money as a topic is not taught formally at schools or discussed mm. at homes, especially with children, irrespective of an individual's professional or academic background, most of us do not really understand what to do with our money once we start making it. Uh, which means most of us learn about money through a process of trial and error, uh, which always has a spillover negative impact on our mental health as well. Uh, and effective money management by an individual has macro implications too, right? Because for a developing country like Pakistan, domestic capital generation in the form of savings is of prime importance to mm. achieve sustainable economic growth, uh, which is, I feel, 
uh, Genmo has the potential to change uh, the course of Pakistan and other emerging markets' economic future. In that sense, yeah. It's such an important mission. Um, I can really resonate with it as well. Socio economic um, inequalities and the times we live in I could have definitely have done with um, uh, that sort of support if I was a young person uh, back in the day sometimes I still think I could uh, with, the, with the financial products that are available and all the decisions you've got you've got to make um, so you talked that it was rooted in a passion that you had and your own life experiences growing up but was there a light bulb or an aha type moment that fueled your switch from working in industry to doing your own thing and and branching into entrepreneurship uh yes so i think it it, it was like uh you know culmination of a lot of smaller events that actually mm. led to that aha moment because i remember when i and and, and this is another story that, that i like to share uh, when i started out uh, in the investment industry i started working at a stock brokerage firm mm. and one of my earliest assignments was that my employer asked me to go and deliver a session on personal finance mm. to a room full of clinical psychologists right so these are people you know a room uh, an auditorium filled with uh, these accomplished researchers who actually study the human mind for a living all PhDs, published researchers, and all of that, right? And there I was, a newbie, standing in front of them, just straight out of university. Uh, and I can, you know, I, I'm sure you'll understand how how intimidating that that could be. Uh, but I I asked them a question uh, that sort of changed or turned the tables in that sense. And I I, I just asked them that, you know, uh, you you're all you know uh, so accomplished, and you know you you've done your PhDs and all of those things, but if I were to ask you throughout your academic career, uh, were you ever taught what to do with your money once you start making it? And there was, you know, the answer was was a resounding no, right? Mm -hmm. And and at, at that point, you know, uh, I realized that it's, it doesn't really matter, you know, how educated you are or which kind of a social background you come from. Uh, even people who study finance uh, struggle with personal finance because finance is usually taught in the context of corporations right so we teach people how to handle money when it comes to companies but uh, when it comes to your own money nobody really talks about it in that sense right and then uh, over time i obviously you know this this uh, realization sort of snowballed uh, with all those conversations that i was having with individuals and uh, and it was very similar when it came to uh, you know institutions as well because at the heart of institutions you have individuals who are making decisions right so that kind of uh, lack of financial literacy per se existed over there as well. And uh, then I, so when I started my master's uh, very recently in, in Pakistan, I've completed it now, my thesis was actually on uh, financial capability. So I, I read a lot of empirical literature about uh, the big problem of financial literacy, not just in Pakistan, it's, it's, it's a global problem. Uh, and how the world is dealing with it. Uh, OECD uh, has been really active for the past two decades, uh, working very closely with policymakers, central banks, and all to uh, you know ensure that in addition to increasing the supply of financial services and products, which are sort of evolving every day, you have a new financial product service every day coming out. It's very essential to give the knowledge as well to individuals to sort of not uh, you know, get burnt by them, not have negative experiences with them, and engage with them responsibly, right? 
and uh, but but coming to the aha moment so last summer i taught a personal finance course to teenagers which was a you know a short course a first of its kind in pakistan and uh, congratulations yeah and and it was so refreshing because throughout my professional journey i was essentially pitching their parents right the millennials and generations before that to sort of take better decisions with their money or invest in the stock market and do all of that right wealth building essentially but these teenagers they i mean they didn't need any convincing they were already convinced that they need to build wealth uh, and i think that's a generational difference uh, they were already convinced that not only they need to invest their money into stock markets but they also need to invest into you know uh, the new age assets like bitcoin and, and nfts and all of those things and they were all looking for a platform to do it uh, but there wasn't any in pakistan uh, at at that time uh, which was like an aha moment that you know what i mean this mm-hmm. gap exists and somebody mm-hmm. needs to fill it and especially when you look at the population of pakistan i mean we have 120 million individuals who are under the age of 18 uh, basically half our population right and mm-hmm. uh, so 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 that that essentially became an aha moment in that sense that uh, which is why we started building genma yeah so looking back now mm-hmm. sounds like that one opportunity uh, changed everything for you that that yeah. opportunity to to be in a, a room in front of those clinical psychologists and speak to people on a more localized level so reflecting back on your career do you feel like this was always in your plan did you feel like you had a plan at the time or did it sort of work itself out along the way uh i i would say it was both right so uh, as i mentioned that you know i've had a very um, unconventional journey to where i am today in the sense that when i was younger i did i did not plan to get into finance at all right i was pursuing a very different profession uh, or aspiring to do pursue a very different profession and then that didn't work out and i ended up in finance ended up with university of london uh, and and you know a lot of things changed after that and one thing led to another all of those realizations came into place but uh, the reason i say that it's a bit of both is because today when you're asking me this i realize that whatever i've done in my life uh, before uh, working in finance or after working in finance was was all done to lead me to this moment uh, i was the purpose of 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 me professionally was to build and move out because this is absolutely something that i believe in in terms of the impact that that it may have uh and and that that obviously you know makes you realize that uh, most of the times life doesn't really go the way that you plan it out and you know i'm not saying it's bad to plan it's always good to have a plan but you got to have that always have to have that wiggle room there uh and and expect life to sort of throw good good and bad things your way and you you got to just you know take it up your stride and and then move forward right make the best of every situation that you have yeah mm that's a really great advice because uh, a lot of our listeners will be at different stages in their career to hear that particularly as a career starter that it's okay to not have a plan and things will work themselves out it's quite a comforting thing to hear from someone like yourself and you strike me as someone who was always going to end up in a service orientated mission given uh, your earlier days wanting to, to study dentistry uh, i think it was always in your plan somewhere in the stars were aligning perhaps um, 
you, you had a, a a bigger calling, let's say. Yeah, I I actually you know just to just to add to that, I hmm. um, I have always been somebody who's always been concerned about the bigger picture. Yeah. I was not somebody who would, although I I never thought that I would become an entrepreneur. I always thought that I'm somebody who would just you know. Uh, work somewhere and you know align with somebody else's vision and take it forward mm. and usually when you are working somewhere you rarely read their mission mission and vision statement or try yourself to you know sort of align to that right but i was always the guy who would actually make that attempt to read the vision and understand what the company mm. stands for and and how i can make it better right uh so i think yeah in that in that aspect uh always keeping my eye on the bigger picture uh i yeah. guess you know it was meant to be in that sense yeah I love that. I love that, Mohsin. So, you strike me as somebody, as an entrepreneur, perhaps development and professional growth, expanding your comfort zone is something you have to, by definition, think about. Um, but I want to think more about you as a person. So, are you someone who prioritizes professional development? Do you perhaps have a mentor? Uh, well, I, I do prioritize professional development. I think uh, everyone at any point in time in their professional careers are, are still learning, uh, mm. you know, because obviously technology is evolving, newer products are coming, uh, newer developments are happening. And uh, you're not just learning from environment or your seniors, but you're always learning from your juniors as well, right? And mm. this is something that you only understand once you actually move up within that uh, corporate hierarchy and when once you point. get you know teammates in uh, because there are so many and right now because i'm i'm building something for teenagers and i i, I usually end up talking to a lot of them mm. i uh, i learn something new every day from them right like mm. it's not cool to use gifs anymore you use stickers <laughs> now right it's uh, so so all of those cool things that i'm i'm learning from them but i mean uh, on a serious note i think uh, although I've ha I've met some really inspiring individuals throughout my professional journey uh, who have inspired me in one way or the other, but so far I haven't really had any specific mentors in that sense, right? Mm. Uh, however, you know, I've always kept myself available for individuals who have just started out in their careers to be able to offer them any advice or assistance. Uh, mm. So, so be a mentor myself, uh, or, or try to be that. But not really, you know, I, I haven't really had any mentors myself, but, but a lot of great individuals that have inspired me to, to be where I am today. Yeah, I was going to add to that. Um, if not a mentor, then perhaps someone or something that inspires you in a professional sense. So I want to move on now to more of a candid topic, if we may. Those of setbacks, managing failure and imposter syndrome. You talked about a story earlier in our call. Yeah. I want to understand, Mosin, everyone goes through failure, everyone processes it differently. Is there one setback or could you talk about a setback in your career thus far? How did you perceive it at the time? What did you learn from it? Yeah, so, I mean, there have been many setbacks, right? So starting from both both the academic journey as well and, and also the professional career too. Uh, mm. So, you know, as I mentioned in, in terms of my earlier aspiration of, of doing something else, when it didn't work out, I actually ended up not doing anything for a whole year. So sort mm. of, you know, I wouldn't say it was a year wasted because I was, I started working uh, at that time and, uh, you know, I started, I, I just thought that, you know, maybe 
because this is something that I wanted to do and it didn't really happen for me. So maybe I need some time to sort of clear my head and think what do I want to do next uh, and not just jump into whatever it is available. Uh, so that was one setback uh, that, you know, that, that came along. And uh, after one year, I was able to sort of figure it out and, you know, sort of enroll into the University of London program. And I think that was one of the best decisions uh, that I made in my life. Uh, and that happened for me, right? Uh, so it was always like, you know, that, that catapult moment kind of a thing where you sort of take those steps back in order to sort of, you know, release towards uh, uh, a journey ahead in that sense. Uh, and in, in terms of career as well, I mean, there have been, you know, some moments uh, where, where I felt that, you know, okay, hmm. maybe I'm not as good at what I'm doing uh, than, than I should be, right? Because obviously, you know, you uh, you come across a lot of people who are always better than you, right? And, uh, and that obviously makes you feel a little exposed in terms of the fact that, okay, these are certain skills that I don't have and maybe I need to work on them. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean... Uh, I know it, it may sound something negative, but it's actually not, right? Not it's always an opportunity uh, to sort of uh, understand what your, uh, sort of w what is it that you need to work on. Uh, mm. And, and you know, and it's okay because nobody is perfect in that sense, right? And yeah. uh, a lot of the things that you may have or you may be very good at, somebody else would not be. And some a lot of things that they would be good at. And that's why, you know, working in teams always benefits everyone because not only do they sort of, fit like a puzzle and, and uh, paints a good picture in that sense. But but you also get to learn a lot from other individuals as, as well, right? So keeping yourself to open up to learnings, uh, experiences, uh, and, and not thinking that any experience or any individual would not be able to offer you anything uh, is something that I think everyone should, should sort of uh, kind of have that kind of a view on life uh, yeah. at any given point in time. Yeah. And I think... A reassuring point to add for our listeners is this is a process right yeah it comes down to honing and developing your mindset being open to different experiences and at the end of the day I like to think in uh, terms of if no one's died or you know it, it can't be that bad right so yeah. It's always good in this day and age, I think it's, um, a lot of people are perhaps hesitant to go out of their comfort zones, but I was just on a call actually yesterday and you just, what you were saying reminded me of, uh, there's a lady who's mm -hmm. maybe 30 years experience in uh, Goldman Sachs, so also in the finance industry, and she shared very honestly with everybody on the call, there are days... 30 years into her career still where she has no idea what she's doing she feels very out of her depth like she doesn't belong and I think we need to hear that more from people in those positions because um, it's okay to not know and it's okay to work out as you go along so it's really nice to hear that you take quite a humble approach to your work in the sense that you're never you never stop growing and learning and I think as an entrepreneur in particular, you, you need this mindset uh, to in order to grow. Yeah, and, and just to just to add to that, right? So I think absolutely, and it's okay to be wrong as well, right? It's yeah. okay to make mistakes. Uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the times don't take that step because they're afraid of failures or they're afraid yeah. that, they, you know, it would be a mistake or something that they end up regretting in that sense. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, 
although I, I genuinely believe that everyone you know has that special skill or a special talent um, mm. in, in in terms of what they can contribute to the society or the world but if you put your mind to it nothing is impossible right all of us are are exactly equal in every sense of the word and uh, you know if you see somebody becoming an entrepreneur and you want to do that uh, you know you, you might as well be able to do it right uh, there is yeah. no difference between you or anybody else that you see being somewhere it's just mm. at the end of the day it's just about how much work you do towards that how badly you want it mm. and how much are you willing to sort of you know um, put in uh, as far as the effort is concerned everything else works out opportunities come for everyone and yeah. you just got to be prepared to take them on right couldn't agree more with that mosin very powerful message i want to get to know you a little bit more now as we come towards the end of our episode uh, your day-to-day -day life as an entrepreneur you said at the start of the call that you have to wear a number of different hats constantly no two days look the same is it possible for you to just take us through a typical week in your calendar if at all possible I'm sure they all look very different depending what's going on yeah, so uh, I think not much has changed since, uh, you know, earlier on when I was an investment manager, even those days were very uncertain, right? Because much of your job is to sit in front of a screen, look at the market and, you know, mm. take decisions in terms of where the money should be going, right? And, uh, and, and when it comes to that, every day is different uh, because each day the world is changing, economic circumstances are changing, markets are reacting differently. Uh, so, so no two days are the same and one day you're looking at a specific sector, the other day you're looking at another sector. So, you know, every day is a new day in that sense, right? There's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, and I think when I became an entrepreneur, uh, one of the things that remained constant was the fact that, you know, that, that uncertainty remained. Mm -hmm. So each day comes with its, its own set of challenges, its own sets of opportunities. Uh, and most of the time, obviously it goes into conversations. Uh, yeah. whether it's conversations with potential partners, existing partners, with mm -hmm. the team. Uh, and obviously a lot of planning goes into that. And uh, one does try to not let go of any conversation because these conversations turn into opportunities, right? And uh, whether, you know, how how detailed or, or smaller interactions these might be, uh, they, they turn into opportunities. So my week these days absolutely is, is all about uh, you know set meetings of with, yeah. uh, with, with about conversations either you're going in person or you're doing it over the phone or or, or you know uh, zoom or whatever uh, so it's, it's mostly conversations uh, yeah. in, in that sense and, and planning so planning is, is another thing that you know especially when it comes to product uh, what the product would look like what the features would be like you know so a lot of planning uh, goes into that process uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun too because you meet so many interesting people with so many interesting perspectives. Yeah. Uh, and everybody has to offer something uh, new to what you're doing. And mm. at times, it's just you know, it's just something that you keep on sort of accumulating in your head. Uh, and sometimes it just sort of benefits you in a really nice way. So it, it's just a great opportunity to sort of step beyond your uh, core team. And sort of interact yeah. with you know so one day yeah. you're talking to maybe you know the ceo of a bank the other day you're talking to you know uh somebody who has built a very successful business or you know uh, and and all of that obviously culminates into great experiences and great great conversations in that sense 
I can totally see you loving every minute of uh, being able to talk to people and and share your mission because um, yeah. hearing you talk about it, it's clear that your passion certainly comes through. Uh, is there one thing people might underestimate about your job? Uh, yeah, I think w one of the things that people might, I mean, from when you look at from outside, uh, one might feel that uh, it's, you know, the things happen easily uh, in, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, getting a team together and you know uh, building a company out and because obviously you only hear about early companies uh, mm. in terms of their successes and lesser in terms of their failures right mm. so i think uh, sometimes people underestimate what it takes to build a business out from scratch mm. uh, because as i said earlier you know it's it's a smaller team everybody doing a lot of different things trying to and, and learning along the way as well so that takes a lot of, and, and I think one of the things that people also underestimate is the fact that uh, there is no time to go home, right? Because it's not like it's a it's a nine to five, you know, yeah. job that you're doing. Uh, the business remains open 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. Uh, and especially when you're working with people in different time zones, it just, yep. the day just doesn't end uh, at any given point. So I think those are the few things that people underestimate uh, about being this, uh, you know, about being entrepreneurs in that sense. And it's really important you're honestly sharing something like that, Mohsin, because there'll be a lot of people listening who are toying with the idea of starting their own business. Um, and there'll be some current entrepreneurs who might be listening like, yep, that is me. Uh, it's In a way, it's your baby, right? If you're looking after a child, the support never stops. And you go through the highs and lows of seeing that child grow and have some successes and fall on harder times. Maybe they get sick, you know, and you have to, um, I'm sure you're, it's always on your mind. So it's very important, perhaps, for the people listening. Whatever it I, is that you're doing, you have to um, really be in it for yeah. the long haul. Just, just to add to that, uh, Daniel, I think one of the most important things when you're building a business out is to, is to have that support and, and have a co-founder yeah. or a team in place that would really help you in that process, right? And I, I think I've been really fortunate to have my amazing co-founder, Mona, with me. Uh, Mona and I, we've known each other for, for almost 17 years now and, and actually been married for the last 10 as well. Oh. So, and now we're building a business together. So, Wonderful. you know, it's, it's, it's so amazing to sort of, you know, uh, build this business out with her and, and, and be able to sort of uh, take this journey forward, yeah. Absolute couple goals, Mosin. That's yeah. really nice to uh, to hear that. Uh, so, Mosin, we're into the final segment of our conversation now, which is a quick fire. Honestly, though, the time has just flown by. I feel like we could have kept going for ages. So, I want to ask you, what is the one thing that matters most to you in your career? Being able to continuously learn uh, one thing or the other. Excellent. What's next for your business? Uh, launching the platform out, uh, putting it out there uh, in front of the whole world to see, uh, the whole world to use, the whole world to give feedback on. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the next step. What an ambitious step that is too. I've got a bit of a fun question for you now. Mm -hmm. Imagine you are in the Marvel multiverse or something like that. Mm -hmm. If an alternative version of Mosin could go back and do things all over again would he do 
anything differently, would he choose the same career path for himself? Uh, yes, I think I, I would not do anything differently. Uh, maybe, you know, certain, uh, maybe I would give, I would make more friends, maybe. That's one thing that I would do. Uh, mm. I would, you know, give more time to people, give more value to relationships, I guess. That's one thing that I would change. But as far as the journey goes, I think that's the beauty of it that, you know, uh, it has to be unknown. Uh, otherwise, you know, there's no element of surprise. There's no element of appreciation uh, if you already know what you're getting into. Yeah, I like that. The beauty of the unknown. And I think that's a great note to end on, Mosin. Honestly, as I said, I feel like we could have gone on for hours. Absolutely, Daniel. Thank you so much. It was such, I mean, really, the time has flown by. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you for such an engaging conversation, Mosin, and for joining me on the Global Careers Call today. This was the Global Careers Calls podcast brought to you by the University of London Career Service. All links and resources are in the episode notes. This episode was hosted by Tanya Kazim, edited by Appy Underwood, and introduced by me, Melissa Drorian. Follow and subscribe to keep up to date with our upcoming episodes with more motivational stories from our diverse graduate cohorts, and please rate and leave a review if you found it useful. To listen to previous episodes and find further resources by our team, visit www.london.ac.uk forward slash careers.